You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I want to welcome all of those that are joining us by social media avenues. We're thrilled that you are here. If any of you have missed any part of this Managing Your Life series, make sure you go back and catch up. We have gone through some just essential life lessons and I want to make sure that we are all keeping up with what's going on whenever you have to be out or you have to miss don't miss what God was teaching the church that you are a member of don't miss that lesson go back and hear what you missed when you weren't here we're in our ninth lesson in this management of life series we've been looking at Joseph's life and seeing how he managed his life I mean, his brothers lied to their father. They sold Joseph into slavery. And, and it, it, we've gone over and over and over this, regardless of how hard, how horrible, how horrible things were for him, Joseph did not let bitterness take over his life. He didn't let unforgiveness take over his life. He didn't let hate. He didn't let revenge. We could just go on and on and on about the emotions that Joseph justifiably could have walked in. But he never let these emotions take over his life. And it's, it's tragic when people let an emotion take over their life. And they just live bitter. They just live mad. They live angry. They, they live their life with resentment over what happened to them 25 years ago. Here Joseph was bought as a slave in Potiphar's house. He immediately rises to the top. And and we've got to see this. Joseph controlled his emotions. Joseph chose a great attitude in the midst of horrible situations. And the era that we are in in history, just so many people today so let what happened to them 20 or 30 years ago still controlled their life and so many let what happened two minutes ago control their life they just fly off the handle oh they may just fly their temper just goes through the roof wait a minute get control and manage your life and whoever just said what to you you don't turn around and kick the door off the hinges come on manage your life manage your life and, and we're still seeing counselors and talking about something that happened 30 years ago. Come on, let's manage our life. Let, that's terrible. It's awful. I don't make light of anything that Joseph went through, but Joseph managed his life. We left off last week talking about Joseph in prison unjustly. He notices some fellow prisoners sad, upset, and worried. And he says, what can I do to help you guys? And and we talked about last week the way you deal with all you're going through right now is get your eyes off yourself and get it on somebody else. How you deal with your problems and your situation is think about somebody besides yourself. And that's just exactly what Joseph did. All right, let's move on. Chapter 40, verse 6. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? 
And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dream. Oh, we talked about how Joseph noticed somebody else and what they were going through got his eyes off of himself. Now, let's move on here. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Tell me. Okay, now hold on. There, there's a lot right here. Joseph could be so mad right now that his back has been turned on God. That he doesn't even believe God exists. Where were you, God, when this happened to me? Think about this. This guy got a dream. Tell me, God, remember what happened with Joseph in dreams and what that cost him? I mean, Joseph's attitude could very easily be, I ain't having nothing to do with no more blankety-blank dreams. Now, you can write that down. I'm not having nothing to do with no more dreams. Last time I got into telling somebody about what a dream meant, here's where I am. So, you see, Joseph had the reason that people have today, and this is not Joseph's response in life. And this is what we're learning. This is what I want you taking away from what we're talking about here. No matter what wrong has happened to you in life, no matter what has just happened to you, you choose a great attitude. And here's Joseph. He's ready. Joseph interprets the dream. Verse 23, the chief cupbearer gets out of prison and forgets all about Joseph. Never given Joseph another thought. Now, now you can write this down. The people you help the most will be the ones that quickest forget about you. So you can just, if I've learned anything about people, I've learned that. The, the people that you help the most will be the ones that are out running you down and talking about you. The people that you have taken into your house, that you have given money to, that you bought a car for, the people that you have helped the most will be the ones that are not there for you, will be the ones that forget all about you, and they're going out and doing their own thing. Here this chief cupbearer was. I mean, look at what Joseph did and what happened in all of that sequence of events, and he forgets about it. Now, you're talking about rejection. How could he forget about me? I mean, you know, it's hard. It's hard when the people you think you could count on let you down. That's a hard pill to swallow. Folks let you down all the time. But when you've got somebody that you think you can count on that lets you down, boy, that's tough. You're talking about rejection, insecurity. Nobody will ever help me. Why does this continue to happen to me? You don't about deal with bitterness and anger. Here's what you need to know. People will let you down. People will forget you. People that you thought were your best friends, that you thought you could depend on, you won't be able to depend on them. But here's what I want you to always know. God will never forget you. God will never forget. People will forget you. God will never forget you. Isaiah 49, verse 15, it says, Can a mother forget a nursing child? I mean, God does not 
forget you. God cannot forget you. You're his child. So for Joseph, life is all about God seeing him do right. See, life for Joseph is all about God thinking right about him. God, I want to act right before God. I don't care who forgets me. I don't care who lies about me. I don't care who gossips about me. I, my brother sold me into slavery and told dad a wild animal. I don't, I don't, that's not any of my concern. God, I want you to be pleased with me. God, I want you to be pleased with me. Remember when Potiphar's wife came at him, he says, wait, how could I do such a great sin against God? See, it wasn't Potiphar finding out. It wasn't anybody else in the house. <gasps> Somebody might see us. That wasn't his concern. How can I sin against God? See, Joseph kept his heart right before God. And if we'll get that as our main focus, you let it go. People forget about you. People walk out on you. People turn their back on you. People lie and make up lies about you. You let it go. God, I want you to be pleased with me. You have to stay in relationship with God. God did never leave you. Now, you might have left God, but God didn't leave you. Okay, chapter 41, two full years later. Okay, let's pause here. I have asked you to read chapter 37 through chapter 50 of Genesis about Joseph's life. How long did that take you? 15 minutes? I mean, 13 chapters. How long does it take you? 30 minutes? Some of you are real slow readers. 30 minutes? Okay, we read all that Joseph went through, and then he ends up on top of the world in 15 minutes. Okay, Joseph didn't read these three 13 chapters in 15 minutes. He lived this day in and day out and day. Okay, so we read the chief cupbearer forgets him two years later. That I mean, in a matter of 30 seconds, we're in to the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Two years of being forgotten. Are you getting this? Now, you read the whole story in 15 minutes. Two years of being in that dungeon. We're talking about no color TV. We're talking about no internet. Those addicted to Facebook, this has been really hard on you. No, nobody's asking you to be their friend. You're in a dungeon, okay? Two years later, that is hour by hour by hour. Joseph is laying night after night in that stinky dungeon. Two years. Now, you don't think he had to deal with why me? You don't think he had to deal with, I didn't deserve this to happen to me? You don't think thoughts of, wait till I get my hands on that cupbearer. Just get, if I could just get my hands on that cupbearer's neck. See, when we read chapter 41, we, we're a, we read that fast, but now Joseph is living this. Okay, chapter 41. Verse 14, Joseph's chance comes. Come stand before Pharaoh. Now get this. this. This scripture right here gets me. Chapter 41, verse 14. 
he shaved himself, and he changed clothes. Boy, that just jumps off the page at me. Oh, no. No. You sorry sucker put me here. You're going to smell me like this. You're going to see me like this. You're going to see what you've done to me. You're, no, no, no. What he jumps up, shaves, and changes his clothes. How do you look during the day? Do you want everybody to see your sullen face? Do you want everybody to see how bitter you are? Do you want everybody to see how depressed you are? Do you want everybody to see how life has so wronged you? And I mean, you, I want to make sure everybody knows how wronged I have been. No, no. I'm overwhelmed with Joseph. Okay, man. Jumping up, shaving himself, changing his clothes, putting a smile on his face, a spring in his step. See, it, Joseph did not choose what happened to him, but Joseph chose his response to it. Joseph shaved, changes clothes. He goes into Pharaoh. Okay, verse 16. It is beyond my power but God can tell you. Boy, th those words just come off the page to me. After all that Joseph has been through, he is staying so right with God that he is still exalting God, glorifying God. I, I can't do this, but God can. But God can. L let me ask you, what kind of relationship had Joseph maintained with God for him to be confident that God would still speak through him? See, no resentment, no blaming God, no get-even attitude. And then, get this. Tell me a dream. I'm good at this. I can handle this. No, no taking credit for this. See, no exalting himself. Okay, let's, let's have a little negotiation. You get me out of here. You pay me handsomely for what you've wrongly done to me. And then we'll talk about your dream. We ain't talking about your stupid dream until I get some recompense here. See, no, no, no credit on me. God can. God, always pointing everybody to God. Always. Well, Joseph is so secure in his relationship with God, so in communication with God. He talks to God all day, every day, for him to stand there and look at Pharaoh eye to eye and say, tell me the dream. God will tell me what it means. He and God are tight. He and God are tight. How many people quit church when things go wrong? How many people quit reading their Bible when things go, hey, I hadn't seen you in church lately. Yeah, I've just been going through a lot of things. Maybe I get some stuff worked out, I'll be back. I mean, I'm so shocked by that answer still today. What do you mean you're going through some things? This is where you ought to be. All the wrongs, all the injustices, all the lies, are you still so close to God that you can say, tell me your dream. 
and God will show me what it means. Now, we're just learning some things here. Let's go on. Chapter 41. Chapter 41. Let's just, let's read through this. Verse 17. We got to get this whole story here. So Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream. Verse 17. Chapter 41. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River, and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven slick-looking cows, scrawny, thin, coming up after them. I've never seen such a sorry-looking animals in all the land of Egypt. These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterward, you wouldn't have known it, for they were still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full, beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, withered by the east wind. And the shriveled heads swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, Both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin, scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I've described it. For God has revealed it to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity through the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means these events have been decreed by God, and he will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent, wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away. Guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second command. And wherever Joseph went, the the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. All that Joseph went through in his whole life, one of two things happened for you in life. Either life destroys you or life prepares you to wear the ring. 
And that's the way life works. Life. It's not a bed of roses for anybody. Nobody is lucky and born with a silver spoon in their mouth. We all experience death of loved ones. We all experience hurts, pains, losses. We all experience people that we thought we could depend on leaving us. We all experience people lying about us and falsely representing us in front of other people. We all experience those things. Now, that destroys you, makes you mean, bitter, depressed, locked in your room, won't come out, full of anger, full of hate. Life destroys you or life prepares you to wear the ring. What happens to you is not up to you, but your response and your attitude of what happens to you is all up to you. God's going to deal with his brothers. God will deal with Potiphar's wife. God will deal with the cupbearer. You just make sure you daily pass your test. You daily keep your attitude right. Daily, you put effort into you abiding in God, keeping a godly attitude, and daily you work at overcoming temptations. Verse 41, Pharaoh says, I put you in charge. I put you in charge. Always know you don't have to put yourself in charge. You don't have to make a way for yourself. You keep your attitude right and God will promote you. God will move you forward in life. You don't have to promote yourself. You do right, you stay right, you stay in right relationship with God, you keep your response to life correct, and God will continue to promote you in life. You never have to exalt yourself. What's up to us is to do right, think right, and respond right in life. We read about Joseph being on, on top of the world. But when I, when I read this, you're overwhelmed with the fact that, that really his attitude is no different being on top of the world than it was when he was in prison. He's the same guy lied about, thrown in the dungeon as he is wearing the ring and being the, the main man. He is the very same guy. Can you in your life handle the good times without letting it go to your head? And can you in life handle the low times without letting it defeat you? Joseph's attitude, did ne it never changed. We don't see him walking in self-pity in prison. We don't see him walking in pride in leadership. And, and this plagues us. It's, it's woe is me when I'm in the dungeons of life. And it's look at me when I'm on top. And, and we just so have a hard time with being in the good times in life. We can't handle it. Nor can we handle the bad times in life. We can't handle it. And what just the lesson for me in Joseph's life is, it's, 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 his attitude never changes. It didn't matter where he was. 
It didn't matter what he was doing, and it didn't matter what had just happened to him. His attitude never changes. Just as Pharaoh's dream revealed, the famine hit, but Joseph had been in charge for seven years. Now Joseph's brothers and family, they're starving, so they go to Egypt to get food. You, you read all this, this whole story. Joseph's brothers, let's go to chapter 45. Joseph's brothers are now standing before Joseph, who they had sold into slavery and told their father that an animal had killed him. Okay, now here they are, standing in front of Joseph. Chapter 45, we pick up in verse 3. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. <laughs> I, I bet they were. <laughs> I, I'd say they were. <laughs> they were stunned. Yep, I bet they were really stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother. Y'all remember. <laughs> Whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. And don't be angry with yourselves. Not, not only is Joseph not angry with them, he doesn't want them having a wrong attitude about this. Now get this. Don't, this is amazing. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. I want everybody to see this. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Do you trust God with what you're going through right now? Do you trust God with where you are right now? God, my life is in your hands. You get me where you want to get me. You do with me what you have for me to do. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years, it's going to last five more years. And there's not going to be plowing or harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. I, I, don't, I don't know what more to add to this. I, I don't know what more to add to this. Can we learn to manage all of these emotions that are in us and come out with this conclusion about our life. Joseph's brothers go back to get their father and their families, and now 70 people move into Egypt. This is Abraham's descendants 
God had cut a covenant with these people. This is Abraham's descendants, and they go and get them, and let's move them all back here. This is how they get into Egypt. Okay, years pass, chapter 50, flip on over. We'll pick up in verse 15. Now their father dies. All right? Now their father's dead. Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God, of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. He wept. His brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves. A lifetime of guilt. A lifetime of guilt. And Joseph is weeping because of the condition that his brothers have lived their life in. This is heartbreaking to Joseph. I mean, the brothers are out here living life, but they're eat up with guilt. Joseph is in dungeon. He's been lied about. He's gone through all he's gone through, but he's free of guilt and had a really good life. He chose a great attitude. Joseph breaks down and weeps. Verse 19, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? See church, we, the Bible said vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Let God handle the score. Let, let God handle your adversaries. Let God, that's not my business. God will deal with that. You keep your heart right. Am I God that I can punish you? Now get this, you did intend harm to me, but God, what's Romans 8, 28? He'd take those things that was meant for our destruction and make it, he'd, that thing that was meant to destroy you, God can turn it and use that for your good. Right here, you, you did, you intended it for bad, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, no, no. D don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Jesus said, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Joseph understood that forgiveness, is, it's, it's not a nice option. It not, it's not an option. If you want God to forgive you, you will have to forgive other people. And there are people in my life that don't deserve me to forgive them. They, don't, they didn't do right enough for me to forgive them, but I need God to forgive me. 
I need, see, I have not been perfect. I have not lived perfect. I don't act perfect. I hadn't thought perfect. I hadn't said everything perfect. God, I need you to forgive me. Well, I can't ask God to forgive me when there are people in life that I refuse to forgive. If you want God to forgive you, if you want to live free, clean, and forgiven, then the requirement of that is that you forgive other people. And see, Joseph understood this principle, I'm not going to live my life, eat up with unforgiveness. I, I, I want you to know, you can't afford the luxury of a grudge. It'll eat your life. That's, that's not anything you want to live with. Unforgiveness will steal your life. Unforgiveness will steal all the possibilities in life that are out there for you. Just right now, everybody here bow your head for just a second, right now. If you have any unforgiveness in your heart, and, and truly there are some of you that have been wronged, I, I'm not going to argue that point with you. Tim, you have no idea what was done to me. I'm not arguing. It was wrong. It was terrible. It was awful. You've been wronged. But if you have any unforgiveness in your heart right now, there's no option for you. You're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to forgive right now. You live your life forgiving. Come on, let it go. Let it go. I forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm walking in forgiveness. I get this out of my life. I'm leaving this place clean. I'm leaving this place set free. Unforgiveness, bitterness, you're not going to control my life one more minute. Come on, some of you got some real hurts from your childhood. Some of you got some real hurts from a former marriage. Some of you got some real hurts that kids have caused you or that a business partner stole from you. Some real hurts some great financial loss that's happened to you. Let it go. It's not worth you living your life to eat up over. Right now, I'm letting unforgiveness go. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to walk whole, set free. Bitterness, I'll let it go right now. Anger, I'll let it go right now. Unforgiveness, I'll let that go right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I forgive and I let that go in Jesus name I'm set free I'm set free now you'll have to do that every day you'll have to do that every day temptation continues to come it continues to come it continues you gotta let it go every day every day you choose joy Every day you choose joy. Every day you choose joy. And you choose to walk in forgiveness. Now at this point, God's kids, Abraham's descendants, the, the, one, the family that God cut covenant with, now are all in Egypt. They're not in the promised land. I want to encourage all of you to read the first few chapters of Exodus. Prepare for next week's study on Moses. As we're going to spend the next three weeks seeing how Moses managed his life. Y'all stand. Lord, tonight we just honor you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving us direction 
on how to manage our life. Lord, we're committing to you. We're not going to continue to allow emotions to run havoc in our life. Our moods are not going to be in charge of our life. What just happened to us is not going to define our day. Lord, we choose you and we choose joy. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more,